Well, good morning, everyone. Good seeing you. I have a, a good friend of mine, uh, actually in the city here, got some very uh, bad news this week. He has, he has cancer, but when he went to his oncologist, he was, he was told he has stage four cancer. So if you don't know about the stages, stage, stage one through stage four, and stage four is, uh, is, the, worst, uh, is the worst stage. So obviously, um, you know, him and his wife just going through a hard time, you know, difficult time right now. They have three adult children, uh, grown adult children, so they had to tell them. They didn't want to at first, but they had to tell them. And there's grandchildren involved as well. So it's just hard, isn't it? And they're going through a you know, challenging time, a, a, a dark time. But uh, that is really true for all of us, isn't it? We may not be going through stage four cancer, but we all go through difficult times, right? We also go through our hard times, dark times. I mean, we've been in this, uh, I was counting yesterday, what is it, 18 months now, 19 months and counting with COVID, and uh, it's hard to believe we're still in this, and a lot of people, we're all struggling with it, but I think probably some, maybe some of you are struggling even more so with, with the COVID. And that's just true in our lives. We go through these difficult, challenging times. And so one of the questions am I, one of the questions I'm sure my friend is asking is, where do you find, you know, a glimmer of hope in the midst of all this? You know, where do you find that sense of hope in the midst of those difficult times, those dark times that we all go through? And what I would like to suggest to you uh, over the next several weeks, we are going to look for some hope in the book of Ezekiel. And you're like, what? what's an Ezekiel? Well, Ezekiel actually is a book in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament, and it's quite an amazing book where we actually find it, it, it brings us hope in the dark, difficult times that we're going through. So um, why don't you open up your Bibles to Ezekiel 1. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I encouraged you to bring a Bible to church, right? Are there any Bibles that are here today? Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I'd encourage you to do that, to bring a Bible with you. Um, but if you have it on your phone, then open up to Ezekiel uh, chapter 1. Ezekiel's a prophet in the Old Testament. If you're not sure where Ezekiel is, never be embarrassed to look in the table of contents, right? Uh, but it's in the Old Testament, one of the major prophets. And uh, we are going to be doing a series, which I am very excited about, on Ezekiel for the next several weeks. And I'm called this series, Finding Hope in, in Dark Times, because Ezekiel talks about that uh, big time, which is really good. So we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 1 today, and I'm going to start with verse 1. That's a good place to start, right? So Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 1. Do we all have Ezekiel opened up? Yeah? Everyone's got it? Okay. Ezekiel 1, verse 1. Here we go. In my 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kabar River, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. On the fifth of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi, by the Kabar River. In the land of the Babylonians, there the hand of the Lord was on him. Let's just stop there because there's a lot right there. So what year is it? Verse 1, what's the year? The 30th year. So most people think, or many, uh, most uh, Old Testament scholars believe that this is uh, referring to Ezekiel's birthday. So it says 30th birthday. How old is Ezekiel? 
30 years old. And so he's down by the Kabar River in, where are they, by the way? Babylon, okay. So that's kind of significant. And, you know, it should be a big, big, big thing for uh, Ezekiel, his 30th birthday, because he came from a priestly family. And when were you qualified to become a priest? Anyone know when you are? 30 years old. So this should be huge for Ezekiel, exciting. It's his birthday. He's turning 30, and he can now be officially a priest. And this is all really good. But um, where, where is Ezekiel, by the way? Huh. What's he doing in Babylon? Yeah, they're in exile, aren't they? So he's kind of unemployed because to be a priest, you need a, a temple. And the temple's where? In Jerusalem. But where is Ezekiel? Babylon. So this is not a happy time for him, right? So let's just uh, pause here for a moment and give you, for those who love a bit of a time frame, here's our time frame. So here's a, a little bit of a chart. So we start here, way over here. This is 1000 BC, right? So this is David. Saul and Solomon, right? 1000 BC. And then something happens, 922 BC. And what's that? There is the divided kingdom, right? There's the divided kingdom. Before, it was the UK. It was the United Kingdom. But now, it is the divided kingdom. And to the north, you have, what are they called? Israel. And to the south, the southern kingdom is very good. You know, very good. So there's these divided kingdoms. And then around 722 BC, the big bullies of the day, the Assyrian Empire, they came and they took the uh, northern kingdom into captivity. And basically, that was the end of the northern kingdom. You know, you just don't hear much about that. And then, you know, as happens, they became a new big bully on the block. And that was... Babylon. So Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, defeated the Assyrians, and then they go in and they take over the southern kingdom, Judah. So this is, what year is this now? This is around five. So right now, about 597. And this is when Ezekiel comes on the state. So what happens is the Babylonians, they brought groups from uh, the southern kingdom into Babylon. And it came, they went probably on three different waves or three deportations. And 597, Ezekiel was part of that group. So they brought the royal family in exile. They brought the best of the best, the young people with the smartest minds. And they brought those people in the first wave, probably the first wave. And Ezekiel was part of that, along with Daniel. Jeremiah has been on the scene preaching for about 20 years by now. And so here is Ezekiel, and he is in where? Babylon. And it's his 30th birthday, yay, but no yay, because he's unemployed. This should be a happy time, but he's there sitting down by the Kabar River, and it's a very difficult time for Ezekiel. Do you, do you sense that? It's a very dark time for the, for the people of the southern kingdom, because this, you know what? This shouldn't be happening to us. This is impossible. Because we are God's what? Chosen people. 
He made a covenant with us, with Abraham, right? And we are to be a, a nation that's going to bless other nations, and we're God's favorite people. Why is he doing this? So they're going through this difficult time. It's, 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 they just couldn't fathom that God would allow this, you know? It's sort of just imagine this. Imagine that we live here in Canada, and imagine the superpower of the day, the Americans, or say, Russia or China. They came and they invaded Canada. Well, that's impossible, you say. Exactly. That's how the people in the southern kingdom are thinking. It's impossible. And then they come into, say, Russia comes in. They take over Canada, and they take a bunch of, they start taking us to Russia. And this is impossible. That's how these people were thinking. This could not happen. And so now you're in Russia with the language, most of us besides uh, Jay, none of us know the language of Russia. It's a different culture. It's a different setting. It's away from our comfort at our home here in Abbotsford, from our culture, all these things. So you get how they're feeling? That's how the people in the southern kingdom, and even more so because they were God's chosen people, this should not happen be happening to us but it is and so there they are in this exile and we see here from the map it's kind of a you know this uh you see it's a long journey from jerusalem all the way over to babylon there's the kabar river and they, of course they didn't go through the arabian desert why didn't they go through the arabian desert because it's a it's a desert, right? It'd be very difficult. So it's a long journey, and there they are. So does that make sense? It's, it's Ezekiel's 30th birthday. He's been in exile for about five years now. So that's 597, 593, or 598, 593. So he's in exile, and, but something happens. Woo! Does something happen? I mean, if you like weird things, Ezekiel's the book for you. One of the things that's great about Ezekiel, you're not going to get bored with Ezekiel. It's just weird. I mean, you think, that, I mean, some of these visions, you think this guy's on drugs, right? It's like, man, it's like this vision we're going to see, like most commentators say, they use very sophisticated language and they say, it's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. It's really weird, this vision that Ezekiel's going to have. So what I'd like us to do, uh, I'm going to read this actually for us. What I would like us to do is I'd actually like you to, to close your Bibles. Welcome to Parkland. Welcome to the Life Center, right, where we invite you to close your Bibles. Yeah, <laughs> close your Bibles. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to read this to you. And I would encourage you, if you're okay with it, I would encourage you to close your eyes. <clears throat> and as you listen to this, try to think of what is the one thing or a couple things that grab you. What stands out to you with this vision? Okay, look for one or two themes that grab you, okay? So try to enter into what Ezekiel is feeling, seeing, and experiencing. I looked, and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of a calf, and gleamed like burnt, burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. All four of them had faces 
and wings, and the wings of one touched the wings of another. Each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a human being, and on the right side, each had the face of a lion, and on the left, the face of an ox. Each also had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. They each had two wings spreading out upward, each wing touching that of the creature on either side. And each had two other wings covering its body. Each one went straight ahead. Whenever the spirit, wherever the spirit would go, they would go, without turning as they went. The appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright, and lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz, and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel, intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. The wheels did not change direction as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome, and all four rims were full of eyes all around. When the living creatures moved, the wheels beside them moved. And when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels also rose. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go. And the wheels would rise along with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When the creatures moved, they also moved. When the creatures stood still, they also stood still. And when the creatures rose from the ground, the wheels rose along with them. Because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Spread out above the heads of the living creatures was what looked something like a vault. Sparkling like crystal and awesome. Under the vault, their wings were stretched out one toward the other. And each had two wings covering his body. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of their wings. Like the roar of rushing waters like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumult of an army. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. Then there came a voice from above the vault, over their heads as they stood and lowered wings, with lowered wings. Above the vault, over their heads, was what looked like a, a throne of lapis lazuli. And high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that from what appeared to be waist, his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire. And that from there down, he looked like fire. And brilliant light surrounded him, like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. So was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down, and I heard the voice of one speaking. Hmm. 
Yeah, open your eyes, yeah. So what stood out to you? What was there a phrase, a theme? What were some things? You know, talk to me here. What, what stood out to you? You weren't, full, you weren't supposed to fall asleep when you had your eyes closed. You know that? Yeah, okay. Okay. So what stood out? Was there a word, a phrase? Just, speak, just shout it out. There's no wrong answer here. What, what is? He did not turn. So he did not turn. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Anything else? What's that? Sorry? Yes. Yeah, very good. Yeah, anything else? Yes. What was that? Yeah, the spirit, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of this, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Is it kind of weird? Yeah. I mean, for us, this is strange, right? This is really weird. You have uh, the Godmobile, right? <laughs> As uh, Tim Mackey called it when we did our preaching retreat, uh, Bible project guy. It's the Godmobile, and the wheels, you know, it's kind of all this stuff there, right? It's, it's weird for us, right? But, you know, it wasn't weird for Ezekiel because these things were kind of common in that. Like, here's some pictures I came up with. I found. So here's one. So you see there's wheels, and so wheel bronze bowl with inscribed cherubim. So that's like 1300 BC, before Ezekiel. And here's another one. Look it. So during the Persian period, a seal showing a deity atop a wing platform by two four-winged creatures who are part human and part bull. So in that day, there were these things around in different cultures. But to us, it's, it's, it's weird, right? It's just weird, right? What's this all about? And so, but kind of, what is the climax of the vision? What was the climax of the vision? There was a, a vault. And what was a, on, on top of the vault? A throne, that's right. And, it's a, and what else did it say? It said there was the appearance of the likeness, verse 28. You see that? This was the appearance of the likeness of the, what's that word? Glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, what did he do? Oh, that's, that's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, he fell face down. So this word glory is a key word for Ezekiel. It's a key word. It's the, uh, it's the Hebrew word kavod. Why don't you say that? You'll feel good. Come on, just kavod. Come on, you kind of do a little bit of that horking stuff. Huh? Kavod. Let's hear it again. Kavod. So it literally means, the kavod uh, literally means heavy or weighty, right? So it was used to someone, you know, who was just... Heavy. They would describe, I mean, physically heavy. They would use that to describe someone who was, they were heavy, right? But it came to mean, especially when it came to refer to God, it came to mean um, significant. It came to mean weighty, like God's not a lightweight, right? You remember, I remember, I don't think we really used the word that way today, but I remember using the word like, man, that was heavy. Ooh, heavy, man. Remember that? Whoa, heavy. And so it kind of meant, that's weighty. That was, uh, it's not trivial. That had some substance to it. It was deep what that person was saying. And so it, it means this. It means this kind of sense that it, God is heavy. <laughs> God is weighty. God has substance. It's the glory of God. The glory of God is really, it's one of those religious words we use a lot, but we often don't know what it means, right? Sort of like the word blessed. Yeah, God bless you. And what's blessed? Yeah, we use that word. Glory is kind of one of these words as well, but it's a great word. It's really the sum total of who God is, that he is awesome. He is awe-inspiring. He is amazing. It's, you know, if I said the names to you, 
If I said the name uh, Sidney Crosby, Christine Sinclair, Serena Williams, Roger Federer, you would think these are people who are excellent in the field of sports, right? If I said to you the names um, Michelangelo, Beethoven, Shakespeare, these are people who have displayed excellence in the field of, of the arts, right? If I said to you the names of Mother Teresa, Winston Churchill, Nelson Mandela, Queen Elizabeth, you would think these are people who have displayed excellence as world leaders and making a difference in culture. And so when we, when, when we see people who display excellence, right, what we want to do as a society, we want to acknowledge that excellence, right? We want, we read a book about them. We'd get their autograph. We'd get a picture, a selfie, because these people displayed excellence. And as we give back, like, praise or that recognition, that is giving them glory. But God is in a class by himself, amen? He, he is in a class by himself. He is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And what happens here is that his glory is on full display. It's the glory of God. It's the essence of who God is. Does that make sense? It's, it's the awesomeness of God. It's the, tra- the theologians, it's the transcendence of God. That's what it is. And so what happens is that here is, uh, here's Ezekiel, right? And he's, where is he, by the way? Babylon. Babylon. Why are they in Babylon, by the way? Huh. And who showed up in Babylon now? God's there, huh? And so as he sees God's glory, what what does Ezekiel do? (laughs) He does this. Isn't that what verse 28 says? He fell down. You read in, in Revelation 1 where the apostle John sees a vision of God and he falls down as well. Now, I know I'm, I planned this, right? And uh, it's part of a sermon illustration, right? But that's what Ezekiel did. He fell down because he saw the glory of God. This is, this is kind of an uncomfortable position, you know that? <laughs> it's, you know, kind of what I, I'd like to do right now, I'd like to get up because it's, it's kind of a little embarrassing, you know. We don't go, we don't, we don't, when we meet our friends, we, we're not in this position, are we? When I go running, I, I, don't, I don't go down here, you know, oh, if I meet you for coffee this week at Starbucks, and I go get my coffee, and I, I, don't, I don't go down like this. Hey, 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 uh, hey, Yos, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. Yeah, how are you, Brian? Yeah, I'm doing okay. How, uh, how's your week? No, but this is the position that Ezekiel's in before God. He sees the glory of God. And somehow we are called to live our lives in this position before God. Uh, 
There was a guy named uh, A.W. Tozer, and uh, he, he said this. He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I think for, I don't know what comes into your mind, but my guess is for a lot of Christians in Canada, what comes into our minds when we first think about God is God is our friend. God's my dude, you know, he's a pal, he's a buddy. And God is your friend. But, but God is first <laughs> awesome, holy, transcendent. And what makes it even more special that God is your friend is that he is this God who's become your friend. Right? Right? He is this thing. Yeah. And so one of the, the positions as we come before God, the way we are to live our life is like this. <clears throat> Falling down before God and living our lives like this is, is, is about, God, what do you want, right? God, what do you want for this church? What, what's your will? I want to follow you because you are a great Amazing and glorious God. And so it's, I mean, it'd be nice to get fired up about God, wouldn't it? We're, people nowadays are getting fired up about a lot of things. A lot of things. A lot of Christians are getting fired up about a lot of things. And... Uh, It would be nice if we got even more fired up about God. Should I get vaccinated? I mean, people are so fired up about masks. Not wearing masks. You know, wearing masks. Well, vaccines, non-vaccines. But, I mean, Christians. I mean, I'm thinking sometimes, boy, it would be nice if we got that fired up about God. And that's what Ezekiel is. He's like, <laughs> he just boom, down. Because God, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yes. And so, you know, our God, he is a, he is, he, he's on his throne and he's king. And there's verses throughout the scripture that tells us this. We read, but the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. But the, of the sun, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of right of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. God is on his throne. He is, he is king. Amen. He is king of kings. He is your friend. He is. He is your pal. But before that, we have to live under this sense that this friend of mine is God, king of kings, Lord of lords. And we're called to live our lives. God, what do you want? What is your will for me? And so, here, where's the glory of God, by the way? Where, did, where is it right now? Where? Babylon. Why is it in Babylon? Where should it be? Where should the glory of God be? Jerusalem. But it's not, right? <laughs> why? The people in exile. Why are they in exile? Disobedience. They sinned against God. 
They worshiped other gods. They, li- they, they, weren't, it was, they weren't living like this, not at all, you know. They worshiped other gods, and God said, if you keep doing this, you're going to go into exile. And they kept doing it, and they were in exile. And they would think, this would, this would have been blown, this would be another thing that would have blown Ezekiel's mind. What, what's the glory of God doing here? The glory of God, the Ark of the Covenant, you know, the Shekinah glory is in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, right? But it's not. It's here in our mess. God has showed up. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You see, this sense, when they messed up, God showed up. They messed up. I mean, they sinned and rebelled against God. And uh, God, God could have left them, right? He could have left them. But he didn't. See, when we mess up, God shows up. When we mess up, God shows up. Have you messed up in your life? Of course you have. And my guess is God has shown up for you. We ultimately, you know, we all have sinned and rebelled against God, right? But God came after us, right? This is the other thing. If anything today, what I really, my prayer is, is that we, we would catch a glimpse of God. If that happens today, then that would be amazing. If we leave here today with a sense, wow, the glory of God. He's transcendent. But this God, he, even in my mess, he showed up. He came and he saved me and he rescued me. And to, to live our lives, that's what I wanted, to live our lives with this great vision of God. I think when that happens, it changes the way we live our lives. And so God showed up. God showed up eventually in the person of Jesus Christ, right? In John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then it talks about in John 1, we have seen his what? His glory. We have seen in Jesus what God was like. It's the incarnation that he came into our world. He came into our darkness. He came into your mess and to your brokenness because he loves you. When we mess up, God shows up. And we should be very thankful for that. Uh, A guy named Leith Anderson, a a pastor. Actually, I'm not sure if Leith is still alive, but uh, Leith Anderson was a pastor for many years, a Christian writer. And uh, he tells a story of a time a number of years ago where uh, some people, he, he went to Manila to visit some people, do some ministry. And when he was in Manila, the people he was with, they took him to uh, the garbage dump in Manila. It was huge, you know, huge. And what he found there is that people lived in the garbage dump. Yeah, people lived in this garbage dump in Manila. And there were some people that were born there. <laughs> They got married there, they had kids there, and they spent the whole, all their life living in the garbage dump. They would send their kids out in the morning to, uh, to go and get some scraps of things to just try to make it through the end of the day. They would take things that we would, we, 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 uh, uh, we would discard as garbage, and they would use them to kind of build a kind of a makeshift uh, hut. But what he also found was amazing is that there were, there were people from North America that also lived there. There were people from North America that lived on that garbage dump with those people. They were missionaries. They were Christian missionaries. 
and they chose to give up all the perks and, you know, all the comforts that we have here at home in, in Abbotsford or, you know, North America. They gave up all that to go and to live in this garbage dump with these people because they wanted to, to bring the good news of Jesus Christ uh, to these people. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. But it's not as amazing as what our God did, right? He left heaven and all the perks of heaven and that, and he came into our world, into our mess. God showed up. And so I pray that this week, that as, we, as you read the scriptures, that you would have this sense of who God is, and that this sense, this vision of God would actually change the way we live our lives. When we mess up, God shows up. Father, we thank you for uh, the prophet Ezekiel. <clears throat> we thank you, Lord, for his uh, word. Uh, as strange as these things are, Lord, um, to us, we thank you for this picture of you, a holy God, your, your glory. And Lord, show us what it means to live our lives in a sense, face down before you. Even though we get up and live our lives to live, God, what do you want for me? We do this because you are a great God. Thank you, Lord, for indeed showing up in our lives over and over again, even or despite or even as we have messed up. Thank you for Jesus. Amen.